0: On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Nora Shopper from HiBar. What an awesome conversation her and I had. We talked all about retail. We talked about how marketing supports retail. We talked about how they use their website to help support their retailers. And we talked all about their mission, being mission focused, what it takes to be mission focused, and really how it makes such a difference. You guys are going to love this episode today. Hey, guys. Before we begin, I want to talk to you about how to grow your e-commerce brand in a post iOS 14.5 world. If you're doing over seven figures in D to C, you need to hear this. Back when Facebook ads were absolutely crushing it and driving massive amounts of revenue, setting up basic flows, and sending out occasional email campaigns used to cut it. SMS marketing included. You'd see it constantly, and so would we when we were looking at accounts at Mindful Marketing. Brands earning 20 to 45% of their total revenue with email marketing with maybe three to four hours of work a month, and that's because they just set up some basic flows and then silence. But now that the Facebook algorithm has stopped spitting out such ridiculous returns, where do we go? Retention. But it requires marketers to go deeper than simple templated flows and copy and pasted campaigns, which we've seen all the time. It requires actually having a system that increases the LTV of your customers and then actually realizing that entire customer lifetime value in a shorter period of time. And hopefully even considering a higher LTV. We're saddened to see brands do all the same things with their emails and SMS, and we're sick of auditing agency accounts who simply set up welcome flows and show off how many sales they make. Anyone can set up a welcome flow, abandoned cart flow, et cetera. That is the simple stuff, guys. The real key in retention marketing is digging deep into your market, copy, offer, your creative, and then pairing that with a strategy that turns one-time buyers into two-time buyers, into three-time buyers, and on and on, just like we've seen at our brands. So if you wanna find out Exactly how deep our retention marketing strategy goes. Book a quick wins call with our team and we will show you exactly how we drive more repeat sales for our clients and hopefully how you can too. Go to mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins. That's mindfulmarketing.co slash wins, all one word. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back here with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today I have a wonderful episode for you. I have the pleasure of talking to Nora Shopper from High Bar. Nora, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand.
1: Thanks so much, Jordan. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to getting into this, but before we start, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Okay, great. Well, my name is Nora Shopper, as you already uh, pointed out, and I'm one of four co-founders at High Bar. High Bar is the world's first salon quality shampoo and conditioner. We've made it without water, so making it without water eliminates the need for the plastic package, and we're out on a mission to inspire less single-use plastic use.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Let's get into your mission a little bit here. Did you guys start with a mission? Or was that something that you guys, you know, came to after uh, a little while where you thought like, hey, this is just something, you know, that we need to do? Or was that something that was already baked into the beginning of Bar?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And really, so my husband, Jay, is one of the other co-founders. And all four of us co-founders were parents at the same school. So we all had children. And the plastic issue was top of mind for all four of us. But my husband and I... Previous to High Bar, had a body care business, and we were selling soaps and bath bombs mostly to the natural food market. And we were realizing that we could recreate these products without the need for a lot of packaging. And you know, we were working away on this, and we ran into we the fourth co-founder uh, Ward is. our ceo and he had a natural pet food company prior to high bar and i knew he had sold the pet food company he'd built it up for 25 years and sold it so i tracked him down in the school parking lot and i asked if he would consult with my husband and i to you know build our business up and he said absolutely and the first thing he asked is what's your why and so that's where it all really started when he asked what's our why, we said, we think we can eliminate the need for plastic packaging. And immediately he had to be part of that mission. He just knew it was something that had been hit on his mind as well. So the three of us started working together and we all went to a housewarming party for a mutual friend. And Dion was there. He's our another fourth co-founder. And he just returned from a trip to Mexico where he stayed in a remote area and they had caretakers that would go out in the morning and rake the beach and he said at the property line in both directions you could only see plastic as far as the eye could see and he came back from that trip looked in a shower at all his plastic bottles and thought oh my gosh i'm part of the problem and then ran into us at the housewarming party and asked what we were up to and we said we're working with ward and we're eliminating the need for plastic so dion immediately had to be part of it too so the four of us joined together and started a new company. It was just less complicated than trying to convert, you know, an old company into this new thing. Yeah. And and so really the mission came first and the mission is the whole reason that we had four co-founders. And we're so lucky we did because we all bring a little secret, you know, a little special something to the team. So Ward has just a ton of experience in manufacturing and he had over 50 employees and he had patents on his process. So he knows how to build a business too. And then Dion is a world-class brand creative. Mm. And my husband, Jay, and I, you know, Jay's our formulator, and he's a rule breaker from outside the industry, you know, creating new ideas. And then I head up the sales team and coordinate I'm what's called an integrator in the business. And I help coordinate all the teams together. So between the four of us.
0: I love the integrators. As people know, who've listened to this podcast uh, a lot, we, we run three different business units. And in each business unit, we have uh, an integrator. And in one right now, we actually don't. And it's and we're hiring for it right now. And it's incredible to see once you get that integrator person there, how they're they're the 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 key to everything. Right. That's the way that you get things done. I
1: totally agree. Yeah, it's a really special position. And I love it because it gives me I really get to dig in and in all the areas and help communications between people and, you know, keep everybody up to speed and rowing in the same direction.
0: Totally, totally, absolutely. Uh, I was going to mention as well, it's it's super interesting to hear how you did start with the mission. One of the companies that we bought earlier this year, they started exactly that way. They just wanted to clean up trails in their area, right? And so found these groups and they just started cleaning up trails. Uh, and that led to this great apparel company that we ended up purchasing after, you know, they grew it for a few years. Uh, and now we're continuing on that mission. And the mission is, the mission is really that the golden goose, right? That like you, everything goes into that mission and all of the other mm-hmm. things that happen in the sales and all of that, that spawns out of that, right? That spawns out of the mission. Mm-hmm. And so it's incredible when you look at Um, I know in the States, I don't think you guys have B Corps, um, but something very similar to that. Yep, we
1: do.
0: Yep. Oh, you do have B B Corps. Okay. So in Canada, uh, uh, B Corps are are huge now. Um, And it's interesting to see between a B Corp and a regular S Corp or whatever they are in the States. We're just regular corporations. Mm -hmm. The difference in profitability. Companies with a mission Mm -hmm. and that qualify as B Corps are generally more profitable (laughs) than than the other companies. So people think they have to give something up to be incredible incredibly mission focused and they don't, right? You can have it all. You really can have it all. It's incredible.
1: You can. And honestly, the mission as the filter for decisions is incredible. Like you can have an incredible opportunity and and think, you know, is this the right thing? Like I I can give you an example, not to badmouth any uh, accounts out there, but Urban Outfitters, which is a big retail store in the U.S. Yeah,
0: We all know Urban Outfitters.
1: (laughs) They reached out to us early on and they said, we want to carry your products. But And we were excited, but they said, but you have to ship it to us in a poly bag because that's how we do things. That's how inventory is received. And a poly bag is plastic. So we actually told Urban Outfitters, that's against our mission. We can't move forward with this account if we have to send it to you in a poly bag. So they had to go back up to their management team, but they, they were like, okay, we'll make an exception for you guys. But we were willing to walk from you know the opportunity because it didn't fit with the mission. And And really doing that just gives clarity to the consumer that, you know, we're authentic. We really are all about this mission in eliminating plastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nora, let's talk a little bit about your wholesalers. Okay, great. And the stores that you're in. It's interesting. Let, let me just preface this for our listeners. You know, we started out as a heavy e-commerce podcast, right? You know, Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. And that's what we were about. But it's interesting as Time has gone on, and realizing that brands to be, in my mind, to be a successful brand, retail is a part of that, right? So, whether that's, you know, the Lululemon model of, you know, running your own retail locations or potentially getting out there, retail is essential if you're going to build a brand. Maybe Allbirds kind of breaks that mold a little bit, but they're still actually, they've opened up their own retail locations as well. So, I mean, people know that that is. It's incredibly important to be in retail. So if you don't have wholesale margins, you need to get them because it is, you will not survive this new digital transformation without them. That was just my little Mm -hmm. preface to start talking about. (laughs) <laughs> your uh, retail and wholesale business, Nora. <laughs> Let's get into it. What? Where was the why behind that?
1: Oh, uh, really? The why behind it is our mission. You know, in order to get people to shift to a non-plastic solution, you know, we need to be a mass brand. So, how do we achieve mass? We actually thought it was going to be all e-commerce. We thought we'll have our website and we'll be direct to consumer, and that's where it's going to happen. But we had really early interest on from you know wholesalers because. Because there is high demand in grocery channel too for, you know, a, a, a sustainable product. And it really help you know, like supports our e-commerce brand for people to see us on the shelf and vice versa. It helps yeah. our on-shelf presence to have a website, you know, where we can do more education and you can learn more that, you know, not every retailer carries our full product line either. So there may be some products that some people can get on our website that they can't get in their local store. But really, the why is about the mission again.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I I was going to say, we've done some really interesting research to kind of piggyback on what what you're saying with wholesale, right? So you think of wholesale a little bit like, a, you know, you're losing half your margin, essentially, right? If not, maybe a little bit more sometimes, depending on how you set your pricing. Uh, What we found with the brands that we own is, and the brands that we run uh, at the agency as well is we'll run post-purchase surveys to ask where people first found out about the brand. 17% Mm -hmm. of people in our sort of like flagship brand found out about us from our retailers that we're in. 17% Mm -hmm. of people came and purchased on our website. Like imagine that, 17% of our sales would not be there without our wholesalers that were also able to to get our products out to right so like incredible to see that it's a marketing channel as well right so if you guys have been holding Mm -hmm. off on on wholesale and i've had these conversations with so many people like no no that's the old model that's the old world people will never not shop in stores guys they'll never not Mm -hmm. shop in stores it's we saw it after the pandemic retail is back and better Mm -hmm. than ever you know or better than ever (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly people love that experience
0: yes yes totally Nora talk to me about how you manage your wholesalers before you were telling me that you guys were in the sort of 10,000 store range how do you manage that mm-hmm.
1: well with a team for one thing but really it's the not biggest just you thing is, is <laughs> it's not just me I know believe it or not it was for a long time it's amazing how much more you can get done with a team
0: <laughs> yes
1: but yeah we have a team and we've divided into regions and we support you know the key accounts the key for us, because our product is such a shift for the consumer, you know, because it's a, it's, we're asking people to shampoo differently than they ever have before. So a key for us is really keeping close contact with our accounts and offering education, training staff, sending samples, you know, supporting promos, collaborating with them on social media if possible. And really each account is kind of a little different in how we can work with them. So really customizing it for that account as much as we can. Awesome. But it's, awesome. you know, it's more than a full-time job. That's what I would say.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And getting somebody in that role, right. If you're, if you're going to focus on wholesale, having somebody own that role is incredibly important. That can't just fall to the wayside and be like, well, it's just another kind of e-commerce channel, but they just order a lot. It needs to be managed. And those need to be relationships that are like managed and, and taken very seriously.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And really working carefully with each one, because once you're in the store, you, you know, across a huge hurdle, but staying in the store is your next challenge at that point. And in order to stay in the store, you have to be able to, you know, your product has to sell regularly and for every category, they have a, a range that you have to meet. And so you really have to work hard to make sure you're, you know, meeting their velocity requirements and that you're getting in front of the customer as much as you can. And, and these days that takes some creativity a little bit
0: so are you are you using marketing as well to to help with that velocity and that sell-through rate in those stores Are, are you helping out with the marketing in those areas or is that more just up to the store and you're just letting the product speak for itself
1: we're definitely helping with the marketing aspect whenever we can. And, and again, that kind of like each store is a little different, but we're, we're doing a lot with um, QR codes, which made a huge comeback during COVID. I don't know yes. if you've seen you know, a QR code menu. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And QR codes are kind of incredible for the content. Like we're creating displays and that would have a QR code on them so that the consumer can just scan it and learn more about our brand and what we stand for. And they'll, at some point, the QR codes are also going to have the capability of offering a, a promo or a discount on there for the consumer, you know? And so I just think that the way things are going with a QR code is just a huge opportunity for businesses.
0: I remember back in, I think it was like 2012. I owned, it was my first business. I owned a restaurant and I wanted QR codes to work so badly. I, I, I was on all the marketing boards for the chain. We were at like a sister company to Subway and I was like, guys, QR codes, it's going to be the biggest thing ever we can do everything. Let's put a QR code on every single cup and then we can send them different places. And it just never went anywhere. Right. And, and QR codes (laughs) just kind of lagged and lagged and lagged. And now it's like, oh my gosh, we can do everything we want with QR codes. People actually use them. It's, it's incredible.
1: It is incredible. Now that you can just, you know, open your phone, your camera app, and then you get the data. It's, It's great.
0: It really is. Nora, what's working right now as far as direct-to-consumer? I, I, I got to I gotta just delve into this a little bit here. You know, we're in 2021. Absolutely. We're talking in November. October was uh, a horrific month for a lot of direct-to-consumer brands. I know personally, I, I decided to go all in on Peloton when they dropped a bit. And that was a horrible <laughs> decision because they only grew 6% year over year in, in Q3, which for a, a brand like that is is horrible. And it's interesting because our brands too, we, we've seen a very, similar trajectory to that. We're not growing those massive amounts in direct to consumer. Now in wholesale, it's a completely different story, completely different story, but with a direct to consumer side, what are you guys seeing? What's working? What's not working for you?
1: You know, that's a great question, Jordan. And we're really, you know, we're a relatively new business. So we just celebrated our third birthday and we've seen a lot of ups and downs on our e-commerce site throughout COVID. At first, we weren't sure, you know, is is it going to increase sales? And I think it did a little bit, but like you said, then it kind of dropped off. And we're really considering you know so again it goes back to our mission we're so mission based we're really thinking that our website is more of a marketing tool than a sales tool in a lot of mm. ways so we're trying to like get the movement more front and center on the website with you know products available for sale kind of as a as a second piece But we also want to be a voice of hope, you know, because we want to inspire people. There are easy changes you can make to reduce your footprint. And we really want our website to kind of share that inspiration and and be a happy place for people to go and learn about things. So we're shifting our website a little bit to really be more about the mission.
0: Yeah, yeah, gotcha. That's that's great, Nora. I gotta ask you the question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast: What is your secret to scaling?
1: My secret to scaling? Oh, there's so many, but I'm gonna go back to the strong purpose, innovation. Really, we've innovated something that the world hasn't seen before, and that's a secret sauce for sure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Nora. I got three more questions for you here. I hope that you are prepared, and if you're not, it's okay. <laughs> all right
1: i can handle it
0: yeah i I think you can handle it i think that you can Uh, question number one what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now
1: have you heard of blink it's b-l-i-n-q and it my business card is a qr code and sometimes completely sustainable so people can just scan it and then it goes directly into their contact
0: awesome that is a great idea i love that yeah I would, uh, I'm going to write that one down for later. Thanks so much. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Second one, favorite podcast or audio book that you're listening to right now?
1: I'm actually listening to a leadership podcast and now I'm blanking on the name of course. But there's also a Green Formulators podcast that I've been listening to and it's got great resources for ingredients and suppliers and what some green, you know, cosmetics businesses are doing. It's very interesting. Of course I can't remember the name of that one either. Awesome.
0: That's <laughs> That's okay. Nora, if you remember, we'll make sure to put those in the show notes for anybody okay, on here great. who's interested in sustainability. Yeah, that's right. Or you can always search on the on the podcast app uh, or on Spotify and those uh, may just pop up for you. Third question for you. If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, they have to be alive. Who would it be?
1: Oh my gosh. That's a tough one. Anybody for an hour and they have to be alive. <laughs> I was going to say there's, oh, of course, and now I can't remember her name, but there's a woman business owner. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. I thought I was going to be ready for you, but I'm really- It's okay. I'm a women's college educated, the entire sales team that I manage is all women. And I'm really into women in the C, you know, the C level businesses in the C suite. That's exactly right. And so I'm, I would love to talk to, you know, women who are running businesses and hear their take on things. We're changing the world, Jordan.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, as a a white male speaking about this, obviously, I'm incredibly privileged, you know, to be in the position that I'm in. It's very interesting to see there was a report just done on venture capital uh, in 2021, and uh, where it's gone so far. And the percentages have, I think they've six X with women led companies in 2021. So venture capital going to them. So just think about that, guys, like two or three years down the road, these VC backed firms, these VC-backed companies are going to explode at some point, right? And I really do believe that there is a a huge shift coming in the market that we haven't seen. And I think that we see these things a little bit sooner in Canada as well, just being a little bit more mm-hmm. progressive. And it's very noticeable uh, and a very mm-hmm. welcome change. So that's I all I got to say about that. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Nora. <laughs> Uh, Talk to me about where can people connect with you and connect with Highbar?
1: They can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm under Nora Shopper on there. And Highbar is at hellohighbar.com. And we respond, you know, we're also on Instagram and Facebook and we're starting on a TikTok presence and we respond to every comment. So that's a great place as well.
0: Nora, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Jordan. This was a lot of fun. Hey
0: guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing.